Party people, how you feeling? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Papa Jug Podcast. It's Friday night. It is 7.30 Pacific time. I don't know where where you are or what it is, but it is what it is, and we are live. So I hope you are all having a wonderful Friday. Uh, tonight, we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, this is um, the... We're coming up on the end of June, and we've got... Um, Kind of like the summer announcements are 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 starting to dwindle out a little bit. Uh, Pride Month is coming to an end. Uh, everybody's gearing up for sort of the summer. Depending on how you look at it, either the the dip in streaming or the increase in gaming. Like there's all there's all kinds of things that are going on. So uh, we've got all that to talk about. Uh, and then we've also got uh, certainly the things that happened this ex- specific week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Direct 2023. They've got some new games being announced. They've got uh, updates to things. They've got new gameplay trailers, even from things that we've already seen in uh, uh, Xbox Showcase and PlayStation. So we've got some news there. So all of these things are going on. Uh, we've, we're going to talk about Xbox uh, specifically and and how y'all got to spend more money. Sad. So there's that. And then we're also going to talk about Twitch because Twitch over the last week has announced a lot. It's not, I don't think, as far as I can tell, uh, unless they rushed some stuff, I don't think it's a response to the, you know, the bad news from uh, XQC and from uh, Amaranth. I, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's a response to the screw up on the branded content, but we'll kind of see where that goes a little bit. Um, but one of these things might have been rushed because it doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense. So we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, and then finally, at the end of the show, we're going to talk about Pride Months. And I'm pluralizing that for a very specific reason. So stick around for that. Uh, we're going to talk about why they, not it, but why they are important. And that's a big deal. So we're going to get into all of that. Uh, let's start off first with... We're going to talk about Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Direct launched, and like I said, it announced some new titles. It's got some gameplay trailers. It's got some uh, things that we haven't seen before, and we're going to be checking all of that out. So I want to bring up uh, the first thing, which is, let's go straight to the browser. Hopefully this works. There we go. Everything announced. Um, Today is a special day for Mario fans, yippee. Uh, And that's the thing. I got to say, I haven't played on a Nintendo in a while it has it has been a minute um we don't have uh my son has a switch i don't have a switch uh my son has a switch but for me nintendo is just kind of that old school um classic like it's it's kind of where it began obviously not technologically you've got atari uh sega was there in the beginning and all of that but nintendo started so many franchises that have continued all the way through today it's a it's an impressive thing, at least I think so. Uh, so when you look at things like Nintendo Direct, you have to realize you're dealing with a brand that is not like everybody else. They don't want to be like everybody else. They're not trying to they're not trying to be the next Xbox or, you know, in this case, the, the console wars, the winner has been the PlayStation. You know, they're not trying to be the the next PlayStation. Um, they want to be their own thing. They came out with a Wii when A, not great, but B. Uh, it was, it wasn't a direct competitor. It was a different idea. It was a different approach to gaming. And I, and I thought that was kind of interesting. So, uh, you know, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt, but, uh, we want to take a look at everything that came out for Nintendo direct, uh, which was four days ago, two days ago, two days ago, two days ago. Yeah. Let's go with two days ago. Uh, so let's start at the top. First thing, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. It is a 2D Mario again. We're, we're back to 2D Mario. We're, we're, we're nostalgic. Isn't that adorable? So we've got a 2D Mario coming out with uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, that was a big announcement for that. And that was kind of their, their crowning achievement for the event. So cool. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, one of the big new surprises is the wonder flowers as they make wild and unexpected things happen in the world, like causing pipes to come to life. Furthermore, it will let players choose whether they want to play as Mario, Luigi, Toad, Princess Peach, Princess Daisy, or Yoshi. So 
if you are not the Mario fan, but maybe Yoshi was your thing when you were a kid, or maybe uh, Princess Peach, if that's your thing, you can play as those characters. You are not locked into Mario, which I think is great. That was one of the worst things was everybody, when like NES came out, everybody wanted to play something other than Mario after Mario kind of like you know, got boring. Um, everybody's like, I want to be Luigi. And then they, you know, you can play as Luigi, but then you had to have games that had all the other characters as playables. And it looks like they're bringing that. So that is a wonderful thing. Um, the super Mario RPG remake. So this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, it will launch on Nintendo switch, November 17. Uh, it stars Mario, Bowser, Princess Peach, Mallow, Gino, and more. It sees our heroes attempting to take down the Smithy Gang while collecting seven stars to repair the Star Road. This is the kind of thing where I look at it and I'm like, you know, that's that's cool. Um, it's cute. So not my vibe. Just it's just it is it's not a Papa Junk thing. I, I you will not catch me playing this unless my son wants me to play it, uh, or maybe we make it like a family game night or something. But th this is not what I'm going to be playing. So I think it's cool. I'm, I'm glad they have these cute little stories. Uh, but when I play video games, I go for the really high end graphics. I go for the really complex gameplay and game loops that are you know super involved in. Uh, yeah, but I'm, gl I'm glad they're making it like it it's cool that they're they're doing this stuff that still has this wonderful adventure, you know, to it. I think that's a great thing. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. The Pikachu announcement. So Detective Pikachu 2 coming to the Nintendo Switch in October. So earlier than the RPG remake. Uh, but yes, the new Detective Pikachu is coming out. It will be out in October. Uh, this one had a trailer. Uh, that uh, came out so you definitely want to check out that trailer is a minute and a half long um stepping away from the from the innocence of childhood for a second we've got metal gear metal gear solid uh collection volume one is confirmed that's coming to the switch uh that was previously announced but they had some new information on it um and that will hit the switch on october 24th there we go so this collection, Metal Gear Solid Collection 1, it includes Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, Metal Gear, and Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake, Snake's Revenge, plus a screenplay book containing in-game text of each title and a big master book detailing all the story and characters. So if you are a Metal Gear Solid fan, this is your collection. Like this has got all the stuff that you would want to see. Um, it's going to be pretty amazing. Uh, next up was the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Zel Tears of the Kingdoms Zelda and Ganondorf to get Amiibo later this year. So that's going to be kind of cool. Um, this is kind of a disappointment though, not only for me, but also for other Nintendo enthusiasts is that there wasn't a whole lot of Zelda in Nintendo direct, you know, you've got tears cool. Um, but like nothing really not, not a whole lot of newness and, and we're missing the newness. So a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a letdown. Um, but okay. They just came out with a big title. Uh, people are enjoying it. So next year, you know, let's see what happens in 2024. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> uh, we've got comments in chat. Detective Pikachu. These are back to back, by the way, detective Pikachu one sucked. Oh, I love detective Pikachu. <laughs> so, so varied opinions in the live chat here on youtube that is how that works by the way if you are listening to the audio and you want to catch these live uh they are broadcast live on my youtube channel every single friday at 7 30 p.m pacific all you've got to do is tune in you don't even have to subscribe to the channel why you would skip that i don't know but all you got to do is tune in and we do have live chat running so if you want to join that conversation you can chat with other gamers and streamers uh, and it all happens on youtube so make sure you drop that uh the link for both the youtube channel and then also the community discord that is in the show notes after the show is aired so uh let's go down we're going to continue our uh, adventures into mario land except this is wario land uh the announcement was WarioWare. move it it will bring the micro game party to switch that is pretty much what everything that nintendo does now is switch if it's going out on Nintendo, it's going on a Switch. Um, Switch is absolutely crushing game sales or uh, uh, console sales. Um, you know, interestingly, we just had the announcement from Phil Spencer about Xbox production, but we'll talk about that later in the Xbox segment. 
Um, but yeah, Nintendo is still doing an amazing job with the Switch, and it is wildly popular. Uh, I would love to know, if you would drop it in the comments, let me know, do you have a Switch? And if so, what do you enjoy, if you're a PC player or like a an Xbox or a, or a PlayStation player, what do you enjoy about the Switch that you don't get on the other platforms? I would love to know that. So please put that in the comments. Uh, could be the comments on the audio, like on a Spotify or something like that, or uh, right here on YouTube. Go ahead and do that as well. So uh, WarioWare, move it. Uh, comes to November 6th. There we go. Uh, it will be November 6th. Uh, 200 wild and hilarious micro games. Up to four players can play at once. The game seems to be all about holding a set of Joy-Con and just being as ridiculous as possible by performing actions like shaking, striking certain poses, dancing, and more. I think that would be fun for streamers. A lot of people that are in the audience are, are streamers, all of the listeners, uh, viewers, so many streamers. And I think that that's the kind of thing that audiences love to see is when you get that level of engagement and hilarity and fun and just lighthearted entertainment that's a big draw for audiences. So I would definitely recommend uh, if you pick up WarioWare, stream that and have a good time. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we've got, uh, I own zero switches. Well, all right. You're not disciplining yourself, right? Uh, I own a switch. I want a switch. Got, okay. All right. There, there's a, there's a very, uh, a varied response. Uh, Pikmin 4. So not only did they have details, so we knew Pikmin 4 was coming out, but the details uh, were expanded. And then also gameplay trailer. New gameplay trailer came out as part of Nintendo Direct 2023, which is kind of cool. Uh, don't forget, this is a very upcoming release. This is J July 21st. So this is going to be coming out very, very soon. Make sure you pick it up. Uh, this does include the Dandori Battle minigame. News about your adorable dog friend, Ochi. Uh, who can carry items, smash obstacles, and become a flotation device, and more. Uh, just a quick disclaimer, do not use any real dogs as flotation devices. That is not acceptable. Uh, it was also revealed you'll be able to set off on night expeditions for the first time in the series, and you may even run into some Pikmin who glow, which is perfect for my friend Chappie because he loves to play games about radiation. Huge fan of games that, that have irradiated things in it. Um, but just a reminder to my friend Chappie, um, the bear pelts suck and you can't sell them to either Gus or Crips. Just FYI. Uh, let's see. Nintendo has confirmed a demo for the game will arrive on June 28th. So if you are looking forward to Pikmin 4, uh, mark your calendars for June 28th. You're going to see a demo of the game, uh, and then it gets released fully on July 21st. Uh, the HD versions of Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 2 are headed to the Switch eShop later today. Actually, those are already out. That's right. Uh, and then Pokemon, we got an update on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, hidden treasure of area zero expansions. Yay. So a uh, little bit of gameplay there, um, some new details on that. And there's a three and a half minute trailer on that one. So definitely check that out. If you are into the Pokemon series, uh, Scarlet and Violet is the new one. So you're going to want to get as many details as you can. Uh, this includes the teal mask and the indigo disc. The teal mask will arrive in the fall and indigo disc will arrive in winter. Back to the world of Mario. Again, this is one of the problems that I have with Nintendo is that their library is limited. It's it's smaller than it should be. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe adds a new course alongside Petey Piranha, Wiggler, and Kamek. So Mario Kart 8's Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 5 will be released this summer. It brings new course in squeaky clean spring along with three new characters. So you get to check out Petey Piranha, Mario 7's uh, Wiggler, and then uh, Mario Kart Tour's Kamek. Check those out. Still in Mario Land, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon Remaster announced along with Princess Peach game. Remember earlier I was talking about the fact that people want to play with more than just Mario. So this is one of those ways that they continue doing that. You've got the new Luigi's Mansion uh, and then the Princess Peach game. Uh, the remaster of the 3DS's Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon and a brand new game starring Princess Peach will be arriving in 2024. So we've got some time to wait on that one. Um, they didn't give a whole lot of detail, but they are coming. So we'll see what happens later in the year. I'm betting we get more information after the summer, definitely by the holiday season. So we'll, we'll see where that ends up. 
So, stepping away from all of the legacy titles, now we have Vampire Survivors. Uh, Vampire Survivors will be moving to the Switch this August with a couch co-op. That'll be interesting. Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince, has been announced for the Nintendo Switch. And I saw a date. I thought I saw a date on that one. I did not see a date on that one. Uh, Sonic Superstars. So, we know about Sonic Superstars. It has already been announced, but they, uh, they had a gameplay trailer. Brand new gameplay trailer that are not, that uh, previewed on uh, Nintendo Direct, so that was kind of cool to watch. Um, Sonic, of course, being a very, very old title, um, so old that I played the original. That's how old that is. All right, Batman fans. Batman Arkham Trilogy is coming to the Switch. Uh, I was almost convinced there was a date for that, but we don't have a date. We just have a season. It will be this fall, so we've got to get through the summer. And then you will have Batman Arkham Trilogy. It will be on your Switch. If you don't own a Switch, then you don't get it. Sorry, sad. Uh, Star Ocean, the second story announced for 2023. There is a date for this one, and it is November 3rd. Let's go. Star Ocean, the second story, was first released in uh, 1998. At Nintendo Direct, it was confirmed that a remake will be arriving on November 3rd. However, it's going to be arriving on the Switch, the PS5, the PS4, and PC. No Xbox. This is going to be one of those IP titles that, uh, you know, with the purchase of Activision, Xbox is going to have to say, well, we gave you this and you need to give it. It's one of those things. So uh, Persona 5. If you remember, we talked about Persona 5 Tactica uh, when we talked about the Xbox Showcase. So we got some new details when Xbox Showcase happened. But a new trailer, a, a, an enhanced trailer, a, a better trailer, whatever you want to call it, uh, premiered at Nintendo Direct. So if you are into the Persona series, definitely check that out. But this was the uh, official Switch trailer. So a little bit of a different content, but you still get the basic vibes of the game. Nothing crazy. Myth Force. Uh, Myth Force is bringing a Saturday morning cartoon roguelike to Switch in 2023. Uh, let's see, inspired by the Saturday morning cartoon, Mythforce is a first-person melee roguelike that will have you and your friends adventuring through dungeons in the Cursed Lands to stop the evil Daedalus. Mythforce will be released on Switch later this year, so you will have that. My guess when they say later this year probably means holiday season. That's almost always what that means. Uh, let's see, Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope, the last Spark Hunter is set on a musical planet. Uh, it's the new DLC. So this is going to be coming out and the demo is available in the eShop, but um, the big release is coming later. Splatoon! So many Splatoon fans. I know many of you are, are uh, huge Splatoon fans out there. Uh, the next Splatfest is all about ice cream. How could that go wrong? It's ice cream. Everything about ice cream is wonderful. So ice cream content... Uh, it will take place from July 14 to 16 and challenge players to choose whether vanilla, strawberry, or mint chip is the best flavor of ice cream. Drop it in the comments right now. What is your favorite? Is it vanilla, strawberry, or mint chip? Do not put other flavors in there. We're asking about the ones in the game. People are going to throw in shit like mocha almond fudge and Neapolitan. It's not what, that's not the game. Uh, Dance the Night Away, a uh, brand new trailer came out for that one. It is Just Dance 2024. There is a, a release date, and that is October 24th. Yes, so just before the holiday season, uh, 40 songs for you and your loved ones to dance the night away to. Nintendo's Direct gave dancing fans a new trailer. That's right, the new, yeah, the new trailer that came with it. Uh, Palea is a cozy free-to-play adventure sim that lets you create the life of your dreams. This one kind of lost me. I did. I was like, eh, no, like I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but, uh, whatever it is, what it is. Uh, it's a cozy free to play adventure sim that promises to let you create the life of your dreams. No, it doesn't. Uh, you get to build and customize your home, play with friends, visit their homes, interact with a wide range of wide range of NPCs while experiencing a unique story and much more. It will be released on switch this holiday season. Just give us a date. Uh, Penny's Big Breakaway, a new, bright, and colorful 3D. So, Penny's Big Breakaway is a new 3D platforming adventure from the team behind Sonic Mania. It stars Penny and Yo-Yo and looks to be a wonderful time. Yeah, sure, if you like that. Uh, up next was Fay Farm. Totally fits in the, in the farming vibe. It's a farm sim. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it's called Fay Farm uh, with a, pre- a big sprinkle of magic. There is no date on that though. Uh, oh yes, there was. This was the one that had a date. This was September 8th. Um, so don't have to wait too long on that one. Couple of months and we're there. Uh, three months and we're there. I know how to count. I'm really good with that. Silent Hope uh, sees the seven worldless warriors uh, working together to find a reclusive king. Graphics on this one are kind of cool. I like these very artistic almost 2d um but uh, i i really like the trailer for this one i thought it was an interesting looking game uh it's an interesting take on the action rpg rpg genre it will see quote seven world wordless warriors working together to find a reclusive king blah 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 uh it gets released on october 3rd so again right around you know just before the holiday season but right after the summer comes you're gonna have a new one uh, fun one for everybody who enjoyed Headbangers Rhythm Royale is a new rhythm-based battle royale. So that'll be cool. It's got some good music to it. Uh, the trailer was entertaining. <laughs> uh, I liked the description that it gave on the website. It said, move aside Fortnite. There's a new battle royale in town. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, th- this will definitely knock off Epic's Fortnite. Sure. Uh, Gloomhaven brings the beloved board game of the same name to the Switch later this year. Uh, so Gloomhaven arrives on September 18. Again, don't have to wait too long on this one. You explore cursed dungeons with unsavory mercenaries, 17 characters, and over a thousand abilities to use. That'll be cool. So check out Gloomhaven coming out September 18. There is an official trailer when it com- or for uh, the Switch, so definitely check that out. Uh, especially if you own one, if you're like some of the people in chat, you don't. Manic Mechanics, a four-player co-op game. Could be interesting. You have to repair cars. That'll be fun. And that one comes out... Oh, that's right. Coming up really soon, July 13th. So we are less than a month away from that one. Manic Mechanics, very cartoony uh, graphics and stuff. Almost like a a Disney kids game. Um, Very similar in style to that. But uh, yeah, you've got to repair cars, trucks, choppers, tractors, mini subs, too soon, UFOs, and more. Hmm, wow, it says mini subs. Okay. Uh, this was a cool one. Not exactly Forza, but cool. Hot Wheels Unleashed 2. You get to race Hot Wheels again. Uh, Turbocharged, it will race onto Switch this October. We have a date, I believe. Uh, October 19, that's right. Um, 130 different vehicles that you can use to perform the most ridiculous stunts ever. Players will be able to race with friends on local split-screen co-op, or they can head online to race up to 12 players at once. I bet they don't have server meshing, though. Anyways, moving along. So, anyways, again, smaller, like, like less diverse, less varied than you get from, you know, the Xbox showcase, uh, the PlayStation, you know, when Sony does their... It's it's not a huge range of titles. It's not even a huge range of games. Like, it's not that long a list. But again, Nintendo is not trying to be what the others are. I have to take a risk, everybody. Hold on. I have to move. One eternity later. Now are we back? Now, now we're back. Um, I announced this on my Twitch live streams earlier. And uh, there is a problem with my microphone. It looks like the connection is beginning to die. It is. It may actually be bent. So um, I don't want to attempt repair, but yeah, it's a thing. So um, anyways, so uh, I apologize. I had to move my mic like six inches and all of a sudden I'd lose connections to shit. So life goes on. Uh, but that was Nintendo Direct. That was all the announcement that they made. Again, not a huge library of things, but a library of things and if you are a nintendo fan then i think you had some good news in this one there was a lot coming out let's go to not that let's go to our next topic which is as soon as i can bring up the slide on screen let's get rid of that yes twitch so we're going to talk about twitch for a second um so there, there were some announcements this week all features Okay, no, no major. The bad news for Twitch came last week. The bad news for Twitch was when they, uh, and I do want to clarify, let's make something very, very clear about the news from last week regarding XQC, uh, where did Felix go or what is Felix doing? And then also Amaranth. Here's the thing. They didn't leave Twitch. The gaming media is so stupid and I am tired. Of, they're so lazy about this stuff xqc leaves twitch amaranth kicks twitch to the curb 
These headlines are no, neither one of them are leaving Twitch. They're both spending less time on Twitch. I'm not saying that's not the case, but they're not leaving Twitch. So they're still going to be streaming there. They're still creating content there. And there was an interview with Twitch CEO, Dan Clancy, who said, if you ask me about Felix, I'm happy for Felix. He can do things on kick that he cannot do with us because of our restrictions. He knows that the, he knows that they want to do things that are pushing the envelope and Twitch won't let them. And they're like, fine, you want to go do that somewhere else? We allow you to do that. I talked about this last week. Twitch allows their partners to stream elsewhere. You can create content elsewhere. The only thing they don't let you do is simulcast. And that's not even that's not even an entirely true statement. They let you simulcast, just not on direct competitors. But like you want to simulcast from Twitch to TikTok, they're fine with that. Like it's it's a thing, man. It's just uh, that's true too. Yeah, there's a comment in chat that says it's not lazy, it's clickbait. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I think it might be a combination of both. I think that they just want to get a headline out and whether it's accurate or not, maybe they just don't care. But you're right. There's definitely a clickbait element to it. And I should have brought that up. There is more to it than that. Um, but anyways, so that was the bad news for Twitch. It came last week. Two of their top three streamers uh, are, are broadening their horizons, so to speak, and they're doing what they're going to do. So fine. But what happened since then? All right. So XQC makes his announcement. Amaranth makes her announcement. And all this week, Twitch has made announcements about features. So let's talk about those for a second. We're going to bring back our browser and we're going to go to the first. Yeah, let's cover the first one first. So uh, they just made a brand new announcement about what they're calling the creator home for affiliates and partners. If you are a streamer, uh, you have noticed that your creator dashboard on Twitch has drastically changed. It is a radical departure in terms of the information that's presented to you up front, uh, the way it's laid out, and some of the new features that they are offering to try to help you improve your channel. They, they can't do a ton about your content. Your content is up to you. They can try to enhance how people interact with the content. But your content is up to you and Twitch knows that. And they'll, they'll give you, you know, whatever they can in terms of like game recommendations or category recommendations. But Twitch is like, look, that's your thing. You go, go do your thing. So it is a radical departure uh, from what you were used to. Uh, it is completely personalized now. It's the same dashboard for the most part for affiliates and partners. Uh, partners, however, do have access to additional tools, including customer service, revenue things, partnerships, et cetera, contract terms, uh, if they have a contract, all, a, a bunch of stuff. So uh, we've talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but the new dashboard is completely personalized now. It's got your information about your latest stream. It's got your information about your revenue. It's got your information about your viewers. It's got your information about all of these different pieces and they're all in one place. So, uh, right there on screen, we've got a snapshot of that, which is way better than the snapshot that I took of mine because on mine, it's a 32 inch monitor and nothing looked right. So there's that. Um, but all of these things are now available to you in the, uh, the dashboard itself when you first log in and then you can go where you want to go, but it tries to give you that information up front, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, it gives you tips. It gives you features, insights, analytics, uh, offers and announcements, which is kind of interesting. So it's going to keep you like, Hey, in two months, you're having your stream anniversary or, you know, whatever they've got, um, new releases about products and things like that. So they're trying to keep you up, up informed and making you a, a more empowered creator. So I think that that's pretty cool. Um, I think it has, you know, I'm probably going to be using the feedback tool and putting some things in the uh, Twitch user voice because I think they're missing the boat on a couple of items, but that's not what I was referencing at the start of the episode when I was saying that something might have been rushed. I don't think this is it. They told us about the new dashboard back in January. So this is not something that I think was uh, was rushed in terms of delivery. Maybe it was, but I, I don't think we have the evidence for that. So uh, kind of interesting. And it does say at the bottom, we've only just begun. It's designed to continuously evolve as you interact with it. Um, so it does learn. There is some backend machine learning that says, okay, you really interacted with this, 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 and this, you don't do this, this, and this, or you don't have that kind of feature. So we're not going to talk about it. Uh, all of those things are available to you and we'll see what happens. Uh, but that was the first, 
So uh, the brand new Creator Home, it's a brand new dashboard if you are a Twitch streamer. The next two things are gonna be things that impact you as a viewer. So if you are not a streamer and you are just a viewer of live content on Twitch, the next two features are gonna be interesting for you. The first is, I'm gonna skip actually, I'm gonna skip around a little bit. Uh, the content classification labels. In the Rise Above team, uh, if you don't know, I am a member of a content creation team. We are all committed professional content creators. We are dedicating ourselves to helping our own careers as well as each other. Uh, that is what Rise Above does. And we have been talking about this new feature now for a little bit. Um, all the features that get announced on any particular platform, we immediately go into our Discord. We start sharing information. What do we know? What do we see? Et cetera, et cetera. The new content classification labels do impact viewers. The idea behind it is this. When somebody is floating around Twitch and they're going to find some you know, new channel to watch or whatever it is, they... <laughs> They don't want a negative surprise, okay? So if I click on somebody that's just chatting and it turns out to be a barely uh, barely clothed uh, hot tub stream, that might not be what I was looking for and you know maybe I find that offensive. So I wouldn't wanna watch that. Twitch has now launched a product where you can get an announce or basically a warning ahead of time and I hate to use that word, but it is a warning that says the following content may be um filled with profanity or drugs or um uh adult content you know 18 and over so it's an interesting thing i want to read one of the descriptions here and it says right okay so here are the I'll, I'll give you the categories mature rated game so for example maybe the streamer you know if the if the content creator themselves is totally wholesome but they are playing grand theft auto Okay, this, the stream itself is gonna get labeled with that mature rated game content label that says uh, this person is streaming uh, mature content game or mature rated game, uh, you know, so you know, basically viewer discretion advised. Sexual themes is the second one. Drugs, intoxication, or excessive tobacco use. That is the third category altogether. Drugs, intoxication, or excessive tobacco use. I find it interesting that those are all put into one category. Violent and graphic depictions could be playing a very graphic horror game, perhaps, or maybe your channel content is very gory, something like that. Significant profanity or vulgarity. And then finally, category number six, gambling. That was an interesting one. I don't know if anybody heard of this company called Kick. Um, category number six, gambling. So... Yeah. Now, this was the part that is very, very key for streamers, okay? To be clear, we are not making a change to our community guidelines with this update, but are instead specifying the content that, while permitted on Twitch, needs to be labeled. I'm not sure it does. I think that's a little bit of Twitch becoming the nanny, and I'm not sure that that's where it needs to be, but we all have to remember that you can be on Twitch as young as 14 years old. It's not all adults. So there are plenty of kids, plenty of kids who watch Twitch and we wanna make sure, and, and Twitch is mine, you know, we wanna make sure that they are not uh, seeing what they shouldn't see. Now, I have a theory about that, but we'll get back to it. Um, quoting from Twitch, our content classification guidelines go into deeper detail for each label with examples, exceptions, and more. If streamers fail to accurately label their streams, they will receive a warning via email and the correct label will be applied to their stream. Big bold letters, streamers will not receive suspensions for failing to accurately label their streams but you will get warnings and they will slap the label on your streams even if you don't need it. They're like, look, we're gonna give you the like some flexibility, but if you don't apply the label that is necessary, we will. So you know, sort of hang your hang yourself with your own rope, basically. Um blah, 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 blah. The labels help protect younger viewers and advertisers. That's the other part, is I think that they wanted to show advertisers that, hey, we're trying to put your content to the right audience and we're trying to make sure that if this if a stream has one of these tags which by the way this is the part they don't really tell you on the back end when your stream has this tag certain advertisers 
will not have their spots run on your stream. Does that matter to you? No, it doesn't. Because you don't control what advertisers show up on your stream anyway, unless you get a sponsorship. But what this does is this applies a tag that is viewable on the back end of this. So inside Twitch, advertisers can simply say, I don't want, for example, uh, I don't want my company's content running next to sex, drugs, and violence. We're okay with mature rated games. We're okay with profanity and we're okay with gambling. But sex, drugs, and violence, we don't want our content running next to. Twitch has now given every single advertiser a searchable tag for every single uh, stream. And it's basically saying, if you don't want your content running there, now we have a way to block it. So that I think is the biggest impetus for this is they're trying to align their advertisers a little more professionally, for lack of a better term. Uh, if you are a streamer, you will find this in your dashboard. I'm not going to get into that here. Um, but yeah, so that was one of the big announcements. Uh, we'll call that announcement number two. Uh, not technically in order though. Uh, no, actually that is technically in order. So no, that is the last. And so now we're going to get to the last one, which is Hype Chat. Again, if you are a Twitch streamer, pay attention. So Hype Chat, a new way to stand out. Um, you're going to notice that this is a direct ripoff of YouTube's features. So, uh, this is how you can pin comments and I can't scroll. There we go. So this is now only for partners. I imagine that they're going to roll this out later, which again, will stretch that line of what's the difference between being a partner and affiliate, not fucking much. So, but right now this is only for partners. And when you see the dollar amounts, I think you'll see why. So what this allows somebody to do is if you are a viewer on Twitch and you want to pin a message to the streamer's chat, so not just highlight it, you can highlight your message now. You can do that with channel points. If you want to pin it, you can pay to do that. As a content creator, I'm like, ooh, interesting. Ooh, not good. Like that gives, that gives the audience a lot more control over what my channel is doing. And, and I think that's an interesting concern I have. Um, so I will read this. So this is called Hype Chat. Viewers will be able to send chat messages with amounts from one US dollar to 500 US dollars. Streamers can set the minimum up to a hundred bucks. Uh, and those messages will get pinned to the top of chat. So right now, if you've ever dropped into a streamer's channel and they have a pinned message at the top that maybe they're, you know, their, their latest YouTube video or an upcoming event or whatever, they've got a pinned message at the top of their chat. Uh, and that doesn't go away until they turn it off. This allows you to now have a pinned message at the top. Now there is a, a sort of a, uh, buyer beware, so to speak, because if the streamer objects to what you pin, the streamer can take it down. Now, what it doesn't say, uh, let's see, the duration, character count, and visual design of the pin will depend on how much a viewer spends. Higher value hype chats up to 500 US dollars will stay at the top of chat longer, have longer allowed character counts, and have more standout designs. Hype chat will be available alongside existing monetization feature like bits, subs, and gifted subs. Now that's something else that they specify here is that you will purchase this with your local currency, not bits. So more of the money goes straight to the streamer. You are supporting their community more directly. You do not have to buy Twitch bits in order to then buy these uh, hype chat messages. So keep that in mind. It is a more direct form of support. Uh, it is more convenient for you because you're not going to lose a bunch of money when you buy the bits. Uh, so there's some, there's some perks to that kind of cool. Um, I think this might be what got rushed. This doesn't seem like, I think this was them trying to appease a revenue issue. Uh, I, I'm not, the, the problems are pretty numerous here. Okay. So there's that. Um, it is partner only at launch, blah, blah, blah. They think it will be rolled out later. Um, ah, yes, this one. So if you are a streamer, hype chats, revenue split is 70, 30. So this is another complication for partners is that it's not just counted as regular revenue. You're sad 50, 50 split. And it's not counted towards the subs that you need 
you know, the three, what is it, 350 gifted, or 350 regular subs, recurring regular subs, um, that you need to qualify for the new 70-30 split for the next 12 months. This is a completely separate category, but it does go up to 500 bucks a message, and you get a 70-30 split on that revenue. So I think this is the thing that got rushed. I think this is the one that they wanted to kick out as fast as they could just to let partners know we're giving you another way to make money. We stole the idea from YouTube. Here it is. Let's go. I think this was a bit of a response. But that being said, I think it's a good one. I'm glad they did it. And, and there was somebody in Rise Above that commented and they were like, you know, they stole this from YouTube. I'm cool with that. I don't care. I, do, I genuinely don't care who steals what from who as long as two things happen. The streamer has a better experience and their audience has an even better experience than that. We've got to put this front and center. We've got to make sure that the experience of watching and creating live content is optimized. If we're doing things that hinder that, everything else doesn't matter. You've got to remember that. If the experience is bad, nothing else matters. This is all about experience. This is like going to a concert and not having a good time. I don't care how good the music was. If I didn't have a good time, I'm not doing it again. So we've got to keep that in mind. I think that's where Twitch kind of goes off the rails a little bit. I think Kick does it. I think Kick gets it wrong from a completely different perspective. Um, but really this, and YouTube just hasn't figured it out. Uh, but you know, I, I think that this is, like I said, this is probably the thing that got rushed. This is probably the thing that needs to get flushed out a little bit more in terms of how it gets used. There's going to be some testing with this. I haven't seen it anywhere. I haven't even heard of a partner uh, that beta tested this. So I'm really curious about the rollout, but you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there and, and where it goes. So let's take a look at our next topic. If you have questions about any of this stuff, uh, a, all of you, no matter what we talk about, uh, on the podcast itself, there is a channel in the discord that is chat topics. So if it's something that got discussed on the show, you can drop questions, comments, links, pictures, whatever you want in that channel. And it, it stays contained to the podcast audience. We all know what we're talking about. We can reference the episode back again. So definitely make use of that. But if you've got a question about this stuff, I'm happy to dig into anything additional. You can shoot me a DM or post right into that uh, channel in Discord and uh, I'll, I'll see what I can get you and what I know about it. Because uh, quite honestly, we don't have three hours to cover in this podcast. So we move on. Let's go to our next topic, which is bad news. Uh, hello? There we go. Yeah, so this was a rough one. Um, Microsoft. Bad news, Microsoft is jacking the price up for everything. Now, if you are in the United States, Japan, South Korea, Chile, there's a list, whatever. Um, you're not impacted by everything, but basically Microsoft has announced that the price of the Series X will be going up and also Game Pass will be going up. Microsoft is finally, you know, kind of regaining ground and saying, hey, we've got to up our prices just like everybody else has. We need to be competitive. Uh, and sometimes the higher price does mean that they are being more competitive, not less. So it's an interesting thing. I will read you the details right here. Let me bring it up on screen. Uh, looks like this. Xbox Series X pricing will remain the same in the US and match the PlayStation 5 pricing in most of the other markets. The PS5 was more expensive. Xbox now needs to get that additional revenue. Uh, game, pre game Pass prices are going up in most markets. Uh, there is going to be an exception to that, though. Well, there's a Game Pass exception. There's not an Xbox Game Pass subsection, uh, uh, exception. So uh, Game Pass subscription for the console moves up from $9.99 to $10.99 US dollars. And here we go. The Series X, okay? Series X is going to 479.99 in the UK. So 479, basically 480 pounds in the UK. In uh, Europe, it is 550 euros. In Canada, 650 Canadian dollars. Australia, $800. $800 for an Xbox in Australia. Yikes. Now, the Series S is not being touched. The Series S price, S as in Sam, 
The Series S price is not changing anywhere in the world. They are going to keep that at what is equivalent to uh, 300 American bucks. Okay, so that's not changing anywhere. Uh, and again, so the list for exceptions, um, blah, 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 blah. US, Japan, Chile, Brazil, and Colombia. Those five countries are not getting an increase in their Xbox X pricing. So the Series X stays the same there. Uh, Xbox Ultimate Game Pass also goes up. Uh, let's see. And the base, like I said, the base goes from $9.99 to $10.99 US. So there's that. And so this is this is kind of the controversy. I said that Phil Spencer had announced uh, a change with Xbox and that was their inventory. So they were saying that the inventory rates of the Xbox is going to go up. They're going to be producing more. They're going to make more available for sale. And everybody was kind of wondering, where's the rest of that announcement? Like, how are you doing that? Why are you doing that? You gave us a BS excuse when you made the announcement, but let's talk about real numbers. Now I think we see it is they're raising the price for everything. So it's going to give them a cushion. It's going to give them a little bit more revenue. Eh, whatever it is, what it is. Um, but he did say in October, the pricing for the subscriptions for the, um, the Game Pass wouldn't last forever. Now, I said earlier that there is one exception to the Game Pass price increase, and it's not based on country. It's based on platform. The PC Game Pass is not changing prices either. It's only punishing console players. So console players have to pay more. Um, uh, the ultimate goes from, I think, $14.99 to $16.99. And like I said, the base price is $9.99 to $10.99. But the PC Game Pass, they left it alone. That's not nice. I'm a PC player and I'm just like, damn, that hurts. I got to look my friends in the eye, man. That's not cool. So, yeah. Um uh yeah there it is yeah 14.99 to 16.99 exactly so uh everything else goes up accordingly uh but again the pc game pass pricing not changing so sad uh and finally we are going to talk about a topic that is very very important as i mentioned at the top of the show uh we have uh we're coming up on the end of june it is pride month right now for most of the world uh, except for terrible countries like Uganda, where if you're gay, then you deserve to die, uh, according to their laws. Um, but for everybody else, it is Pride Month. And what I wanted to talk about here at the end of the show was, why does this matter? I actually got that question. Um, there was a topic on another episode um, where I discussed the fact that there were no women on stage at the Xbox Showcase. I'm sorry, at the Summer Game Fest, at Summer Game Fest. Um, and I actually got feedback from a, uh, a viewer that said, I'm not really sure why that was in the episode. Here's why, especially in the worlds of gaming and streaming, there are many, many marginalized communities. If you take a look at the leadership of game development studios, you are looking at, for the most part, cisgendered white males. It's just, it, it, they're heterosexual white guys. That's basically what runs the gaming and streaming worlds today, okay? And that's been the case forever. It's important for our communities, whether you're a gamer or a content creator, it is important that we do what we can to be inclusive. And Pride Month is one of those things. But as you see in the, in the show notes and in the titles, uh, I talk about Pride Months. Why did I pluralize it? Well, it's because this isn't the only month where you have pride in something. There's Black History Month. There's Women's History Month. There's Pride Month. There's Native American History. There's all of these things that take a marginalized community out of the shadows and it puts them center stage. And why is that important? It's important because they don't get center stage. They have to fight for center stage. And when you have things like Summer Game Fest, where they're not on stage at all, that's a problem. That means there's a voice that's not at the table. That means there's somebody who has something to contribute and is prevented from doing so purely because of who they are. 
They can't change being black or being a woman or being gay. That's who they are. And literally because of that, they lost their right to speak. That's why these months matter. It's sad that we have to have them. I don't disagree with that. We shouldn't have to have them, but we do. The reality is that they don't get a seat at the table. They don't get to stand on stage. They don't get their moment of recognition without a month like this. So throughout Pride Month, you see, you know, you see the you see the rainbow pride flag. Uh, you see the celebrations in games. You see logos changing. Even even my own Discord, I have the rainbow flag that I attach to it. I put the word ally across it because I want people to know that this is a safe space for them if they are part of the LGBT community. When you see things like that, it's because it's that extra effort that says, no, we, we're going to take this moment. We're going to take this time out of the calendar and say, yes, you get recognized. You get achieved. You get whatever it is you deserve. Here it is. But I'm not part of the LGBT community. I'm an ally of it. I believe that they should have the same rights as the rest of us. Weird. I know. So I did some, I, I've done a bunch of reading and I wanted to, to do some research into what does it mean for the LGBT community to have Pride Month. And I found an interesting blog that I'm going to bring up here as soon as I learn how the internet works. There we go. Um, this was written a year ago and it was written by uh, a man who is in a same sex relationship. He is married. They have two boys. Um, and he literally started to list. Oh, apparently it was all the way at the bottom of the article. It's 10 ways to show that you love the LGBTQ community. And he goes through a whole bunch of things. And one of the things that I thought was interesting about this was that in this particular case, he also talks about why the uh, why Pride Month is important for its members, not just in terms of their being recognized or, or acknowledged or earning rights or whatever it is um, from their allies, but with with within their own community. He talks about the judgment and the criticism that occurs within the LGBTQ community. He talks about how he is one of those people. Oh, see right here, this is the one. Um, I actually stopped right on the, on the right screen. I wrote this article because I too need to be reminded of the importance of pride 365 days a year. Too often I catch myself making snap judgments about my own community and that's not okay. This post is just as much for me as anybody else reading it. So he goes into quite a few things, um, the celebration. Um, and I think it is worth, let's take one quick second to remember why there is a pride month in June. Why was it not at any point, any other point in the year? It's because on June 28th, 1969, you had the Stonewall riots. If you are not familiar with the Stonewall riots, uh, in 1969, police in New York decided that they were going to go rough up a gay bar and they, they went in, it was the Stonewall Inn. Um, and they were going to start harassing all of the gay customers, uh, physically beating them, arresting them, um, basically, you know, harassing them again for who they are. What they didn't anticipate was that the people in that bar had had enough and they fought back and it became a very, very, very bloody day. Community was in, was basically rioting for four, I think it was four or five days straight. And that started the gay rights movement in the United States. That was where the world said, we're not going to allow this oppression, violence. We're not going to allow this to continue. Gay people in the country have the right to be who they are. So that is why Pride Month occurs in the month of June. It was June 28th, 1969. That was the Stonewall Riots. And it was, again, very much like the, the, civil, riot, uh, the civil rights movements that also started in the uh, 50s and 60s. Um, it was very much the community said we've had enough. So that's the origin of Pride Month. And it all gets celebrated. The rainbow flag was adopted because it is supposed to represent both the diversity of the community and also the positivity and the happiness that they are trying to spread. Um, there's a lot of, of like deeper meanings and people have, have crafted other ones. Um, but he goes through. The first, reason, the first reason why pride matters is because everybody should feel comfortable and safe being themselves wherever they are. For anybody who has spent any amount of time in the streaming community, 
you know that that is not the case. You know that there are things like hate raids, um, gross, just vile profanity in games. Um, people can come in even outside of a hate raid and they will just start dropping really offensive terminology in chats. Um, they don't get to feel comfortable being who they are. They don't feel safe being themselves. They're targeted. And, the, and one of the, the motivations behind something like a Pride Month or a Black History Month is to say, no, not only am I here, not only do I exist, but I deserve the right to exist with the same level of safety as everyone else. I am who I am and that's nothing wrong. And that's one of the things that, that a, a Pride Month type of an event allows to kind of bring to the forefront. Uh, the second reason Pride matters is for everyone, for everyone is because it is a space and time where others are more aware of their own behaviors and how supportive they are or are not of our community. You can take 10 minutes out of your life and reflect on, am I helping or hurting this particular marginalized community? It's not going to kill you to do that. I will tell you, if you're not in that community, there's probably something more you can do. It's just a guess. That's, it's, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means maybe you haven't thought about it. Maybe it hasn't dawned on you. Maybe nobody suggested it to you. That's okay. Now you can think about it. Great. Uh, let's see. Next one. Third reason why it matters is because it provides an opportunity for LGBTQ families and individuals to be visible in large numbers. They don't have to be alone. It doesn't have to be just a couple walking down the street. They can show the size of their community. They can show the importance of their community. They can show their, their presence in the community. It, all of these things are important. Um, let's see. Celebrating pride is important for showcasing diversity within the LGBTQ community. Again, it's not just gay people. That was sort of the blanket term back then. But now we realize that is a much more diverse group of individuals than it was before. So that kind of recognition matters. Pride matters because countless people have lost their jobs, families, and lives to be able to live in peace with themselves. That needs to sink in. People have died. They have been murdered for being who they are. It's a good reason why we have a month. Uh, celebrating and living pride shows LGBTQ youth that there is a community for them and it instills hope and confidence for a bright future. This is a time when you have things like the, the new Florida, what again, colloquially, they call it the don't say gay law, um, where kids do not have the right to hear about what gay is. They, they, they can't even say gay. They literally just, you cannot talk about it in the classroom. Have an age-appropriate conversation. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You can have an age-appropriate conversation. You don't have to explain gay sex to a six-year-old. You can simply explain that there are people who love this way, and there are other people who love that way. Some boys like boys. Some girls like girls. Some people don't know, and they're still figuring it out. Great! It, it, it's, it, it's so not hard to have an age-appropriate conversation about it. It's just like everything else in life. I, I really, it, that just baffles me. But anyways, Pride Month is that opportunity where you can help a kid understand what's going on. Maybe not with them. You know, and that's the other thing is maybe you're not explaining to the kid what's happening to them. You're explaining what's happening with their neighbors. You're explaining what's happening with their teacher. You're explaining what's happening with their parents. You're, you're, you're helping normalizing this thing so that they don't feel afraid of it. You're not making the kid gay. It, 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 it doesn't work that way, okay? If my son reads Thomas the Tank Engine, he doesn't become a train tomorrow. That's not how reading works. Sorry, it's fucking baffling to me. I don't get it. Um, let's see. Uh, the rainbow flag has a bigger meaning than the color, uh, than colorful happiness. It represents the struggle and perseverance of the LGBTQ community. Uh, and then it gives an explanation. Red represents life. Orange represents healing. Yellow represents sunlight. Green represents nature. Indigo represents serenity and violet represents spirit. So now when you 
when you get into the more inclusive flag um, with the bi and, tra and trans and all the other elements that go into the larger, uh, the newer design of the flag, then that becomes even more meaningful because each of those colors has representation. So there's, you know, again, these are all things that we can learn as part of this. Um, let's see. And then there was one more. Where was the other one? No, not the kids. No, not the kids. There was another one. Where was the other one I wanted to cover? Oh, yes. Uh, Pride matters for LGBTQ businesses. This is slightly controversial. If you haven't heard the term rainbow capitalism, this is it. This is where businesses who normally don't do jack shit for the LGBTQ community, they suddenly start stamping rainbow flags on everything because they want to sell more crap. That sucks, okay? Uh, I've worked in marketing my entire career, and I will tell you one of the problems that I have in my industry is things like Memorial Day. That is a day literally set aside to honor people who have died defending their country, or at least um, as a service person of, uh, into, the, into their country. And we sell mattresses. That bugs me. I... I, I do what our clients ask. Um, you know, it, it's not my job to give a moral lecture every time somebody wants to have a sale on a holiday. Uh, but it drives me nuts that people use something like Memorial Day to sell a mattress. So there is a, a, a very important conversation happening inside corporate boardrooms and the LGBT community where they are asking, how do we address this? What do we do with what we call rainbow capitalism, where all of a sudden you're using our, um, our identity to sell more of your stuff? Pride Month is an interesting way to do that. And it, like I said, it's not a weekend, it's not a day, it's an entire month. So is it, you know, is it something that allows a company to say, hey, we are LGBT friendly? Or is it something that is getting abused by companies for the sake of making more money? It's a fair conversation to have, and I hope companies can demonstrate continued support as opposed to a 30-day support. So that was the one I wanted to talk about. Um, Pride events, big and small, are a great way to meet local small business owners and operators that work to support the rights and progress of the LGBTQ community. So yes, very true. Um, pride is important because it strengthens the bonds within a community. We talked about that. Uh, and then there was a checklist at the bottom, 10 ways to celebrate pride. You can have a pride parade, a pride picnic or barbecue. You can buy from an LGBTQ shop. You can make a donation to an LGBTQ organization. You can change your behavior that may have been detrimental to the community. You can host a drag queen story time. Which, by the way, there was a new story over the weekend. There was a uh, uh, a tea shop in, I want to say, New Jersey? New Hampshire is somewhere in the New England area. I forget. They're all little states. I don't know. I'm in California. Uh, we can put all of you inside our state. We're gigantic. Um, but it was a, a very LGBTQ-friendly uh, tea shop. And they were hosting a drag time story hour and some neo-Nazis decided to show up and protest. And I will tell you that I didn't see a single guy in there that was probably less than 200 pounds. These were large people who came to intimidate a whole bunch of kids. And it's a fucking good thing I'm here in California because um, I can't podcast from jail. Uh, talk to somebody new. If there is something you would like to know about the LGBTQ community, maybe ask somebody who is in that community. I'm not saying go go find a gay person and be like, hey, I got questions. Like that might be a little rushed, but you know, maybe find an appropriate time to ask be like, hey, here's something I don't know. Can you help me understand it? Uh, Reread, I'm sorry, read regarding the LGBTQ history. Uh, dine at an LGBTQ restaurant, which I think is a stretch because that's the same as buying from an LGBTQ shop. So I think they got to nine and they're like, shit, we need 10. This is a marketing thing. We need 10 of these. Come up with a 10th one. And they're like, uh, restaurants, yay. Uh, and then wear rainbows. Honestly, I think number 10 is lame. You can wear rainbows that fine, but I, I, I don't know. That just seems weak to me. So um, 
like I said, I, I wanted to go over why these months matter. Why do we have a Black History Month? Why do we have a Women's History Month? Why do we have a Pride Month? It's because these communities don't get the recognition, the access, the legal rights. They don't get the things that they should have as basic human beings. As simple as it is to say, you are the same as everyone else, they don't get it. So we have to give them something at like a month that says, no, this is, we have to focus, we have to change, we have to learn, and we're gonna create an environment to allow that to happen. We're gonna empower somebody to do something that they hadn't done before, and we're gonna make it encouraged during that time. And we're gonna try and do this for all the communities that still have so far to go in terms of equality. That's why they're here, that's why we have them, and hopefully, um, we all come out of this Pride Month a little bit smarter and better than we were uh, when we started it. And the next time things like these come around, take five minutes, take 10 minutes, take a day, and go learn about it. That's it. So go enjoy the rest of your week. We will be back here next Friday. Don't forget, I am live on Twitch, streaming gameplay with Star Citizen and Red Dead Redemption 2, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then, of course, we are right back here on YouTube for episode seven of the Papa Jug podcast, uh, right back here on YouTube, and that will be next Friday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. So as always, go have yourself a good morning, a good day, a good night, whatever it is for you, and I will see you next time. See ya!